Greetings, Tribes of the Moon. It's Dan Devalude Caffrey here. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode in which fellow Halloweenies Mackenzie Gerber, Justin Gerber, Mike Vanderbilt, and myself explore a new category called The Rental, where we discuss a one-off horror classic completely separate from any other franchises that we'll be covering in the future. This time, it's Clive Barker's dark fantasy monster epic, Nightbreed. We dive into the movie's various cuts, the monster's origin stories, and what might be Danny Elfman's most underrated score, and so much more. So how do you hear the full thing? Become a pumpkin over at our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit patreon.com backslash Pod. Hope to see you there, and remember to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and turn off the lights. Today, I think we're going to go especially deep because we are talking about one of my favorite horror movies. I'll see what everyone else has to say. But there is, uh, <laughs> we're many production troubles. There are lots of characters. There is lots and lots to talk. 1990s Nightbreed, written and directed by Clive Barker, based on his novella, Cabal. But before we do that, oh, and by the way, I'm one of your hosts. Uh, what do we want to do for a nickname? I have so many I can do. I'm going to say Dan Devil Lude Caffrey, because Lude. The devil. He's not in the movie a lot. He's my favorite monster. And we'll talk a lot about him and some other ghouls of the night, uh, some creatures of the night as well. But before we do that, who do I have? I guess you're all in Chicago. So let's do first, let's do the older of a set of brothers on the <laughs> podcast. Who do I have joining me? Hi, this is Justin Get Angry Gerber. And I'm happy to be here talking about uh, the music, the, the love story. And of course, the monsters of Clive Barker's Nightbreed. <laughs> and uh, much like Babette is played by a set of siblings in the film, we have siblings on the podcast, and you have a sibling here. Who is that? Uh, not too far from where you are in Chicago, another Gerber brother. Who, who do we have there? Oh, this is Wolfman, Babette, Gerber, <laughs> and uh, excited, really excited to talk uh, all things Nightbreed on this episode. Uh, I think... Are we talking about the first time we saw it? Or are we oh, yeah, I should have mentioned that, that too. After? Oh, yeah, I guess we could. Yeah, you know, Matt, kick it off, and we'll we'll do a little round robin, and then we'll, we'll, okay. we'll backtrack a little bit and see when the first time was. Yeah, what was your introduction to this movie? I think I saw the theatrical version, um, rented it a long time ago, and I think it was with Justin, possibly, and I just remember being, you know, about halfway through the movie, just thinking, what the fuck is going on? Because it's so cut to death, that I couldn't make sense of some of the like characters. All of a sudden, would be like somewhere else when they were there like a second ago, and just hopped around. I remember seeing like Baphomet for like two seconds in that version, and but they never mentioned him before that, so you're really confused. But I remember liking the idea of it, and I, I I'm a big Clive Barker fan of you know I just I love the Hellraiser flicks, and I think that I really wanted to like it, and I like the creature design, so. I kind of always wanted to revisit it and uh, was able to do that later with the Cabal cut. You know, the three of us went to see that together here. And then finally, <laughs> last year, watched the director's cut and felt like I had actually watched the movie for the first time. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan. There are many cuts to talk about, which we'll get into when we yeah. go into the background of this movie. It's all even... I'm actually a little bit confused on the difference between the director's cut and one of the other cuts here, but I'll save that for the, the well, next I know section. somebody who's here that... that, that has a lot of details about that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's actually meet him right now and then we'll go in. And, and, uh, so this person, this mystery person, this mystery monster, 
<laughs> say who you are and uh, your first experience with this movie. Who do we have there? Uh, this is Mikey Get Angry, Mikey Get Mad Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, coming to you live from the south side of Chicago. Uh, I probably I think I saw it when it hit video uh, when I was in 1990, so I would have been about 10. And I remember liking the monsters, but again, like, like not just like one of those moments where I said, "Well, I really don't understand this movie. Maybe I'll understand it when I get older." And it's just no, it's just that theatrical cut just doesn't make a lot <laughs> yeah. of sense. But, like you get uh, older, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Max said, you know, watching. The director's cut and these other all these other cuts uh, in preparation for this episode i do like it a lot more and i think it's kind of a i guess kind of a fascinating failure as far mm-hmm. as the movie goes like uh, not a failure but just doesn't hit the heights that i think it wanted to do like it's yeah take, it takes some big swing swings and doesn't doesn't always hit it but overall i think it's a, a pretty enjoyable flick I, I do love the movie and I'll, I'll talk about my experiences in a little bit seeing it, but Clive Barker did set out to make a quote unquote, literally the star Wars of monster movies. And I don't know if it's quite that for many reasons. <laughs> it's more uh, this, like the, it's more like the star crash of, of monster <laughs> movies. The ice pirates. Having, uh, yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. That's Despite not fair. Actually, I like this much more than ice pirates. Yeah. Um, yeah for, Justin, what was your, yeah, your first well, yeah, experience. It was, it was with Mac, but I, I vividly remember watching this in his room on VHS, and at the moment the movie ends with the theatrical cut when you see Decker being resurrected, the movie ended, and I said, there has to be a director's cut. Yeah. It was like right away, you could, you could tell this was not the intended final product. And then I didn't hear anything about it for years, anything. And then years and years and years later, like, like Max mentioned, we all saw the Cabal cut in the theaters. And then 10 years after that, for the first time, I watched the director's cut, which is currently on Prime. And by the time this comes out, it might be on Shutter, I think. But right now, it is on Amazon Prime for you U.S. subscribers. And maybe even those living in Calgary, like the movie <laughs> Nightbreed. So. I, no, every, I did. every time something feels a little unworldly or like not 100% right on, I find out it's because it was shot in Canada. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, too. Because a lot of times movies are shot in Canada to save on costs or to sub in for New York this movie cabal the novella it's based on takes place in calgary like it's really yeah. which i kind of love i love that it's it's like no this isn't a solution for us this is just honoring the source material and clive barker knew he was never going to be able to for, film this movie in new york well but yeah. the thing is yeah, like you said even the source material I, I just assumed that the source material was you know in the uk much like clive barker is yeah. and then they couldn't do america so they split the difference <laughs> they did calgary but no it's all supposed to be in calgary which is kind of a Look, it's an interesting setup because, like you said, most things are set differently, and then they take or they take place in other places, but they have to be filmed in something like Calgary, which is just less expensive to make a movie. You know? It's funny that it doesn't even take place in Toronto or. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. even... Well, I don't know if this movie would work in like the big cities of like Vancouver or Toronto. No, yeah, yeah it definitely works more. I mean, obviously, this is what they're doing, but. Dan, you were you were like baptized with this film, right? Oh, it, I'm. This is not an exaggeration. I think this was the first modern modern horror movie I saw in full. Uh, wow. Creature from the Black Lagoon was the first horror movie period that I saw in full. But when I was younger, I was six in 1990 when this came out. We were living in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania. And my dad was. Just, I don't know how he heard about it, but he was just so into this movie he my dad's like an artist and is really into drawing monsters and things so i think he was really drawn to the creature design of this which y'all had mentioned and we'll talk about quite a bit and 
Correct me if Vanderbilt, you might remember this. I feel like this, despite not being a hit in theaters, I do feel like it was heavily advertised on home video. Like I remember being in back in the days where you could rent um, non Redbox VHSs or or movies at the grocery store. I remember seeing like a a stand up cutout. I want to mention that. I vividly remember the giant standee yeah. at a, a video store of this movie, which is basically the poster, but just a giant standee. I think they're really, really banking on having it, of trying to have it have a second life because since it, you know, since it bombed in theaters, they're yeah. really counting on the VHS yeah. crowd. I think even then they knew. I mean, I think I know that even then they knew like horror just did better. I think on home video, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think there was a big push because, and we'll I, I will end up talking about it later. We were talking yesterday in the group text about that pamphlet that the video stores were handing out that had introductions to all the monsters of Nightbreed. The Dune yeah. of its era. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, because most <laughs> of those monsters don't play huge roles in the movie. No. <laughs> I think Clyde Barker no. was banking on a lot of world building in subsequent uh, movies that never got to happen. And we do see a lot of that in the comic books and some other things, which we'll talk about much later yeah. on. Um, yeah. And so I, I remember my dad loved this movie and he had this book called the Nightbreed Chronicles that had, these really beautiful portraits of all the monsters and stories about them. And obviously this movie is not, maybe not the most appropriate thing for a six year old to watch. So I remember he made me, he he like ripped a a copy from the video store and made what was called a monster cut for me that pretty much cut out all the nudity in it. And uh, maybe some of the more violent things with Decker and just had all the cool monster scenes on it. So for a long time, I would just watch, it was almost like this montage. So is that the eighth cut of Nightbreed? The Drew Caffrey cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, and then when I was a little bit older, um, not, not much older, I think like nine or 10, I was allowed to watch the, the movie in full. And it's interesting because the, the scariest sequences of Nightbreed actually don't have much to do with the monsters. I feel like they're more tied to the human antagonist, Dr. Decker played by David Cronenberg. And that's a big theme in the movie, obviously is that who is the real monster and yeah, it being human oh, yeah. rather than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, so, Dan, you said um, your dad's Drew Caffrey. And it makes me think that having a movie taken away from its filmmaker, but by somebody from, from DC wasn't justice league it was a uh, nightbreed by drew caffrey oh so pretty pretty amazing oh man release oh, i don't know why I release to anything release release the marker cut again cut, like in in hashtag is so funny to that whole that whole debacle is so funny to me i i don't even know anyway hey you know what? I'm anyway, not, yeah, sorry, that's it too much release, joke, but we can move on we'll talk about cut. that release the caffrey cut yeah i mean he might still have it i don't know he might he, he, he,